0: This is a previously recorded episode.
1: This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? A perfect stranger, he's got a bullet with your name in the chamber I'm body orkin, ranger. Nooner time! Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rock and Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror.
2: Happy Hump Day!
3: Happy Hump Day! And welcome, Rocky! Hey. You're
2: co-hosting with me today. I
3: know. I mm. get to sit in the fun chair. Yeah, the fun <laughs> chair.
2: Um, so, I, I'm afraid to ask what you did last night, because um, at about two in the morning, I <laughs> got this lovely drunk text about how much she loved me and how strong of a woman I am and blah 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 and it's I went the truth. what? It's <laughs> the truth. She she yeah. was drunk. Oh yeah, I know she was. It was a fun night. But yeah i won't get into that. No. And I can tell because the first thing she said was, Oh could you turn could you turn the mic down please? Could you turn my It's like, oh, great. You're supposed to be on top of it. We're co hosting. I'm on top of it. (laughs) All right, because um, my co host is our special guest today. I know, I'm so excited. And I mean special. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, okay, so I'm not going to ask you about what you did last night, but thank you for the text. You probably don't even remember. You sent it.
3: I I, I will save it. I wasn't that drunk. And right. can
0: I just say something, though? Yeah. I wish I could stay out until whatever time you stayed out, I two, three. I don't four,
3: even think it was that late, And honestly, look like that. Think... <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
2: Gosh. Aww. Anyway, so um, I'm not going to ask you what you did over the weekend because you were with me Saturday I night. I was with you. Yeah. And um, we had a really good time. We went and checked out the uh, uh, Matt Sauter, who was one of our guests, jean Irina Shudo and Elise McCoy. They're all from Diamond. They um, were on the show, yep. Denise. Uh, and they... Played at the Loving Touch in yep. Ferndale on Saturday night. Oh, my God.
0: It was amazing. Big turnout. Yeah, it was, yeah, a great it was turnout. packed.
2: The venue was really cool. I never even heard of this venue. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I thought maybe we are going to like a massage parlor right. or something. Because it said the Loving <laughs> I was thinking Touch, that's like, a toy why you shop, but. A toy shop. That's why you were excited. All dressed up, ready to go. Get me some new toys. Oh, well, you know, you got to do what you Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, What. what a lineup of talent. Yeah, it was, huh? they were incredible. And it was cool because, I mean, I'd never met, oh, I met Elise, but I'd never met Matt. So, but I listened to the interview. So it was cool to kind of put like a name mm-hmm. with a face.
2: What about Gene um, uh, irene hit?
3: Were yeah, you, did, were met, you here when we interviewed her? No, I wasn't here when we interviewed her. But when she played in Detroit, oh, when right, right, that's her right. released that night. Okay, that's
2: right. How's she doing? Oh, good, really good. They're all doing great, though. They I all and I'm have telling you what, too, yeah, they all really have cool. releases coming up, so we're gonna get them all back on the show. Awesome, um, Matt Sauter, Remember how we talked about his mom? Yes, yes. We met his mom. Oh. <laughs> she was so much fun. We need to have her on the show. Oh my God funny just yeah. funny and and sort of like a momager a little bit but um but they they like have to tell her okay you can sit in the recording studio but don't say a word be quiet <laughs> cuz she
0: wants to go give her two cents but she's fun she doesn't care but it, it's if i remember correctly it's all because of her exactly. right and he it exactly. g- gives credit where credit oh, is due oh yeah yeah <laughs> when
2: i sa- i said to her i said so i understand he used to be a, a rap singer and she goes oh God, he was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Oh, she was great. But um, Matt was phenomenal. Jean, Irene, and um, Elise
3: uh, played lead guitar. Kevin and
2: Sarah? uh, No, they're in London because um, one of the other artists that they have signed, who is from London... Um, was having her CD release party. So they oh, were wow. out Monday. I know, what a lifestyle, huh? Jet setting <laughs> here and there. But um, so Matt and Jean-Irene are both coming out with CDs next year. We're going to have them both back on the show. We're going to have Elise back on.
0: Actually, it'd be fun to have all three of them, I thought. Yeah, it would. So early, or like January, February? Um, I think we like, both
3: said around February. Yeah, February. I think yeah, Elise March. did say
0: March. You're mm-hmm. right. Not yeah. that I think
2: about Yeah, it. so anyway, we were really just going to see Matt and then Jean-Irene and Elise, and we were going to... Bolt out of there right after, you know, we had an hour drive. Olivia was home from school. We want to get out of there. So we start getting closer to the door. And uh, the headlining band, which was Fifth and Main, Fifth and Main, and they're from um, Rochester. Yeah, Rochester, yep. um started playing. And Matt was playing bass for them. They were so good. So we stayed for a few <laughs> of their songs. And I said, We got to get them on the I show. I was just going to say, I hope you oh, asked yeah. them to come on it, the show. But you know what? They're also dime students. Almost everybody that was there was a dime student, and when we walked out, Rocky said, "I cannot believe the lineup, the talent."
3: Yeah, it was they were all incredibly talented, mm-hmm. all and different. You know what I mean? They were very unique. Each act was right had their own unique thing going on. It was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty great show, but it but it flowed though. Oh yeah, you know, it was like, a great show. It was awesome. It wasn't
2: yeah. like you had metal and.
0: You know, country yeah. together or something. Yeah. How do you like going to stuff like that? I mean, what? How how does it uh, affect you as a musician? Oh, I love
3: it. Like I love watching it, and I love watching people play live. And it's always, you know, everything's a learning experience. So going to see them play, it's it's incredible, and they were all so good. Yeah, like, it I was really good. I'm, I was bummed they didn't have their CDs and albums ready then because I, yeah. <laughs> I was ready to take them
0: home. They were right. so good. It's such a great so. attitude. Sometimes when I read like a really good. Uh, you know, children's picture book. Mm-hmm. I have two separate feelings. One of them is, wow, I wish I would have thought of that, and this is amazing. And then the other is like, darn it, I wish I would
4: have thought of that. <laughs> you know,
0: but yeah, we had a good time. Um, now you have
2: a big show coming up too. Yep,
3: I'm going to be playing the Hard Rock in Detroit, um, on the 28th. So that's going to be
2: and who with who? what's going on?
3: Georgia Need and the Law-abiding Citizens invited me to to open for them so I'm really really cool. excited. And we to get him on the show. And so actually gonna... I think we're going to do a uh, do a song together which oh, I'm really, really excited about. Yeah, that so night? yep. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, I'm not going to stay with song or anything like that oh. but I'm excited to play with them. So <laughs> What's <laughs> their name again? Georgia Need and the Law-abiding Citizens. He was citizens. on our show. Yeah, remember? The Law-abiding thing, caught yeah. me. I'm <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah. laughs> like you're hanging yeah. out with Law-abiding people. <laughs> Just for one so night. um yeah,
2: remember George was yeah, on our show, yes. so uh, so that's going to be a really good show. Also on the twenty eighth, though, I do want to remind everybody that the Dman Foundation is having their big Hollywood Night charity event in Pontiac. So you can go to their uh, Facebook page and get more information. You can download the flyer. It's D M A N Foundation, and it's such a good cause. Uh, Because they, um, you know, give hope um, and music lessons and songwriting lessons and everything else to, um, you know, people who have been uh, severely injured. So it's a great, great organization. And that is also happening on October 28th.
3: Anyway. Cool. Yeah, we should swing by that. See if we can, you know, I would love to to go after that.
2: I know, I would like I'll to later. work it out. Well, or if we could even go before. Oh, that's a you good Because yeah, I'm wondering if would... that opens early. I wouldn't mind stopping in, yeah. going there, and, and then going down to your show.
3: Cool. So I know you guys don't want to talk about politics or no. um, the debates or anything, but have you guys, I my favorite thing is I love going on Snapchat or Facebook after and watching the funny things that people post. So my friend Chris was my, he's been, Chris Long, he's, I think he's listening today, but he. Hi, um, Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he posted a with all the filters from Snapchat. You know, people have been putting those videos online. So he took a video with them um, off the Snapchat and had all the filters on. Took it. Took a
2: video of who of
3: the of. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton in the middle of their debate. So they're oh. talking about all these serious things and all of a sudden a deer pops on her face and she starts talking all <laughs> high and squeaky and it's hilarious. So he, he I was going through my staff stories and looking up and I made him send it to me. So it was so funny. I was like, save that and send it to me because that is hilarious. And then they started doing like lip sync. So they would take the videos and then put songs and make it look like they were singing to each other. Chris did this? No, this was on YouTube. So just people, the things that people are doing. And then there was Hmm. one that Brian Calicay, who was on last week, showed me at the gym yesterday, and they had they had the debate going and then they were doing a game show. Like they made a game show out of it. Oh, and that's it so is, funny! it looks so real and it's so funny. So I'll have to share Creative. that on, the, that I'll to share is that on the nooner show. Cause Although, that is, that's my favorite part of the, this, this, well, army.
2: that, <laughs> it, that is really funny. And Chris Long is the one that does such a funny, incredible impression of George Bush. Oh, I mean, so Oh my God, we were going to have him on the show, but we're doing the uh, book review instead that day. Um, but, it was. It's funny that you say that because I did watch the debates and I thought it was entertaining
0: enough.
3: <laughs> I did yeah,
2: much less to have people.
0: I, yeah, I love the game show idea. It was so oh, funny. I'll funny. have to share that on the oh, see Denise, page. game show
2: mm. trivia.
0: Hmm. What you and I? No,
2: they took your idea. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do that all the time. Yeah.
2: Cool. All right. Well, anyway, um, anything else
0: going on? Oh, that's that's all for me. What are you doing this weekend? Anything exciting?
3: I'm actually, I have a day off this weekend. I'm pretty excited about that. But
0: yeah Well, let me change that for you. you know, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I brought that up, schedule. up <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You
2: do need a day off. You yeah, do work I'm pretty, pretty hard. Anyway. One a month, probably, right? Oh, yeah, basically. Come you know, on. Work dog mama. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, let's get to our favorite segment.
3: Oh, wait, do we get to the bell? Yeah, where is the bell? Where is the bell? Oh, yeah, ring bell? the bell for me. Pretty. Oh, no, hey. I, oh, I was excited about that.
2: You want to ring the oh, bell? I is that too loud
1: for
3: you, is it?
2: <laughs> Get her an ice pack.
3: Yeah, really. Yeah. All right, so it is time for my personal favorite segment of the week. Um so this segment is designed to showcase the gutsy and talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcome obstacles, and turn setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our
2: guest today is no stranger to the Nooner show. She is my co-host and in broadcasting language I would describe her as the colorful one. <laughs> but that's not all. Denise Brennan Nelson is an award-winning children's author and just and she has just released her 20th. Yes, that's right. 20th children's book called Millie and the Moon. However, like most success stories, Denise's journey endured many challenges and setbacks. One of the most defining setbacks was the abrupt change in her career path. Although she hadn't planned for it, the change was a necessary turning point for something much bigger and better. Denise shares her inspiring story, proving that when life throws a curveball, you can still hit it out of the park. Welcome to our show and the Nooner show, Denise <laughs> friend, and nelson
0: Wow. Okay, wow! I, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can we just leave it at that because I'm oh, no. uh, pretty sure I'm not going to be able to Oh,
2: top... you should have seen how long it was again, and then I thought she's always yells at me, cut it down, <laughs> cut it down. So, yeah, oh, well, thank
0: you. That's well, very humbling.
2: Well, listen, I am so excited about doing this interview, and I've been telling you this for a long time. Actually, even before we started this podcast that I wanted to interview you for an article because your story is just, it. it's so fitting for the segment. It is about what's the wish, what's the way, and what's in the way. But, you know, and the other part of it is that I was privy to that whole experience because I knew you back one. And so the stuff that took place to get you to where you're at today is just fascinating. And that's why I'm excited about you sharing the story. So before we get into what's happening right now, take us back to pre-Buzzy, your first contract. You know, Walk us through the events that took place.
0: And I, I knew you would ask that, so I, I'm gonna to try to keep this part relatively brief and yet still give um you know, still kind of set the scene for where I'm at today. But uh way back when uh I was doing a job that I and I'll I'll stop at saying loved, but I certainly really enjoyed. Um there was a lot of aspects of it that um I did love. I uh I, I, I certainly liked the money. I certainly liked the uh uh, the accolades that I got, um, I loved, you know, working with people. And uh, there was a point where um, one business sold out to another. And um, there were, as you know, three of yeah. us um, mm-hmm. as directors running this group. And uh, I got a phone call on my daughter's third birthday. And let me go back before I get to that point. I... um I had a lot of conflict with working and doing that job that I loved or thoroughly enjoyed Uh, and having a small daughter. Rebecca was three at the time that I got the call. But so for the first three years of her life, I was gone a lot Mm -hmm. and I was conflicted about that. And, you know, I think it's a pretty normal, uh, you know, the guilt and, you know, what do I do and how do I manage this? And at one point I did go part time and but I just kept getting pulled back into it because it's hard, you right. know? It's hard to do a job, a full-time job, part-time. Right. And then, well, then you came into my life. <laughs> <laughs> and you worked more than 40 hours now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just the whole thing is so interesting. And you and I know because we lived yeah. it. Yeah, and, um, and and the struggle
2: was real. Oh, That's what I find so uh, intriguing about the events. It, here. it was
0: so real. And, you know, looking back at it, um, I didn't have the guts to quit on my own,
2: right? Because you, you, you would come to me and and ask me for advice, and of course I always talked you out of it. <laughs> no, no, you can do this. You can do this. But it was really. Um, I yeah. just remember how much it was you, a battle. Yeah, it, it really was a battle was, um, for mm-hmm. lots
0: of reasons, and we don't even have to go yeah. into all that. But it really was just you know trying to listen to my heart and right, uh, you know, and all of that, and my head, and put the two and two together, and you know, we need to work and we need to make money and right. Um, but uh, so I'm sure I was putting all that out there and right. more. Right. And um, so the, the company that we worked for mm-hmm. was bought out, enter you, and um, we fell in love.
4: It took a while. Kind
2: of. It wasn't love at first sight, no. that's for sure.
0: We had to grow into our love. We did. Um,
2: yeah, well, that's a whole other show. Hey, we've been married for a long time. To that's each other true. Now. That's
0: very true. We've, we've been survived. through a lot. Yep. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. so I took the day off to stay home with Rebecca on her third birthday. So it was January 11th. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call. And you know, there was a lot of upheaval within the company right. at the time. But yep. we didn't know. Right. At least I didn't know what was right. going on. I'm right. sure I had my head buried in the sand no, like none always. Of, none of us knew. But um got a call from corporate office, which was a different corporate office. It wasn't right. the peop- same people that I had been working with. Working with right got a call, I don't even remember who it was. And she said, um, go to Chicago tomorrow. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> yeah. And I remember calling my boss at the time mm-hmm. and saying, I just got a call. I'm supposed to go to Chicago tomorrow. And she said, let me look into it. And she called me back and she said, You're getting let go. You're getting mm-hmm. fired. Um and it was shocking. Yeah. And but the one thing that stands out in my head is I remember saying to Rebecca, you know, can you pitch your little Rebecca at three? EM3. Um, you just got the best birthday gift. Yeah. Mommy staying home. And, you know, whether she thought it was the best birthday <laughs> yeah. gift or not, uh-huh. uh remains to be uh heard and seen. But I even in my shock of wow, you know, I'm I'm losing this job that I really enjoyed and the money was good and all of that, um, you know, I, I I didn't go to Chicago. I told them to send the papers, mm-hmm. and they did. And uh, yeah, I, I'd lost my job. So I took a year off, did a lot of side jobs. I cleaned houses. That was one of the things that I did. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be home, but as time went on, I also wanted to do something, uh, needed to do something. And I spent a lot of time thinking about what I was good at and what I enjoyed, and I had learned a lot from the the business that I had been in and the people that I had worked with. And one of the things that I did in the capacity of the job that I had was I did a lot of um, training, customer service training. And one of my bosses was passionately obsessed, uh, and I mean that just in a great way, with customer service. Mm -hmm. And he always was um, talking about it. He always had a program. To keep us aware of it. And one of the programs that he had that I loved was he would say, You should give such great service that customers get goosebumps. And he had this whole goosebumps um, program, if you will. So as I'm searching my heart and soul for what I want to do and what can I do and what are my talents and strengths and all of that, I decided to start my own business. Um, I spent a lot of time coming up with a business plan and you know, developing brochures and business cards. And what I wanted to do was go into businesses and I wanted to teach what I had learned about customer service. And I have to push the fast forward button so this doesn't get too long. But I, in doing these customer service workshops, and it wasn't easy because I had to sell myself and my business, I realized that I couldn't teach customer service until the people that I was talking to understand understood morale and that we can't take care of anybody else unless we're taken care of and we take care of ourselves. So I started developing these morale workshops. I thought, you know, maybe if I go in and talk to people about why they're doing what they're doing and get them to think about it and to get bosses and managers mm-hmm. and owners to think about, it starts with them. Right. They have to give goosebumps to their employees. So while I'm doing all of this and just trying to get this business off the ground and and make it right and make it good, I found out that bumblebees are not supposed to be able to fly. Um, now how now, how did you find? Was that I, like doing research for a, for a class or how know, did that happen? I read it somewhere. Okay, and I'm not the first person. I mm-hmm. mean, Mary Kay Cosmetics for mm-hmm. years used um, bumblebees as her. Um, symbol oh okay i didn't know that yeah Mm -hmm. and and i'm sure there's other people but Mm -hmm. i didn't know that at the time yeah i found that out later but i read that that in the 1930s scientists documented bumblebee or uh, documented studies that said that a bumblebee's wings are too little and their bodies are too big and aerodynamically they're not equipped Mm -hmm. to fly and to this day every time i say that i have that same feeling come over me like what do you mean they're not equipped to fly? And I remember thinking it's a good thing a bumble, you know, the bumblebees don't know that. Yeah. And then what would happen if bumblebees found out? I mean, what if somebody, right. and I do this with kids, but what if somebody went up to a bumblebee and said, "Excuse me. Yeah. Your wings are really little. And your body is <laughs> They would probably sting you." That's what <laughs> kids say. That's what kids say. And I was so intrigued by this notion of What happens when we're told that we can't do something and we believe it? And so I took that idea and I started in my morale workshops posing a question to my participants. If bumblebees are not equipped to fly or not supposed to fly, but they do, what could we do if we didn't let fear and doubt get in our way? Mm, And it it got big to me inside of me. It's like, okay, so what kind of fear and doubt do I have? What's holding me back? And You know, one of the things that people always ask me, did you grow up thinking you wanted to be an author and and when did you start writing and all of that? And the truth is, though I always enjoyed writing, I never thought when I was growing up I'm going to be an author. Right. Um, We read a lot in our house. We we wrote a lot. Um, I am a big believer in journals. I journal a lot. Um, But it was the idea that bumblebees are not supposed to be able to fly. I got out a piece of paper and a pencil. I remember writing the first draft at a water park with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't intentional. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to sit and write this book. It was, I couldn't not write it. Yeah. And it wasn't even a book. It was just writing right. what I thought would happen. Right. It was my imagination thinking. Right. So Bumblebee loves to fly. Of course, he's a bee. Then somebody or he, you know, he finds out he shouldn't be able to and yeah. what would happen? He right. couldn't, he can't fly. So I wrote the story and I worked on it and I kept Tweaking it. And I fell in love with it. And I thought, you know, this is, I like this story. So if you have something that you like, whether it's a a story or a a book or a song, um, an idea, I think this is what happens to a lot of people. It's like, well, now what do I do with it? Right. Now, this was back in 1995-ish. And I had, I didn't know anything about getting published. I didn't know, you know, how to do it. So I started to do my homework I read a lot. I went to the library. I took books out. Um, I don't even think I had a computer at the time. I'm sure I didn't have a computer at the time. I would go to book signings where there were other authors. I would ask a lot of questions. And I finally figured out that you have to, you know, make it as good as it can be. Yeah. You have to type it up. You have to buy envelopes. You have to send it off to publishing companies. You have to find publishing companies that publish the type of story you've written. And I sent it off. And it was the most freeing thing. At the time, and every time I put one in the mail, it was like, oh, I was so proud of myself. Yeah. And then I'd wait, and I'd wait, and I'd wait. And months later, I would get a letter in the mail. And, you know, you rip it open. You're just so excited. I know they're going to take my story. (laughs) And they don't want it. And so I, like, I don't know an author that hasn't received rejection letters. Right. Um, I received several rejection letters. And every time I got a rejection letter, it's that feeling of, why am I doing this? You know? Um, nobody's going to want this story. You go to the bookstore and you see all these great books on the, on the shelf. And I, I would put my heart and soul into this and to be rejected when you've put your heart and soul into something, it's like someone kicks you in the gut yeah. and, and you think, well, wouldn't it be better if I just stopped getting rejected, you know? Yeah. Which I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot right. of people have a dream or a goal or an idea right. and they keep it where it's safe. Right. Right. Because right. if I put it out there, you're opening and yourself up. You're opening you're not yourself safe. up. And it's, it's not right. safe anymore. But you know what? And this is what I say, and I know it's corny, but if we don't put it out there, what we have won't ever be able to take flight. Right. You know, I mean, I always go back to my poor little bum- bum- bumblebee analogies, but it's true. Well, how did you keep going, though? Because as a first time
2: author, you know, I mean, well, at that time, you didn't have a deal, so it, it is hard to
0: keep going. How? It's what the, made you? It's the easiest, craziest answer, but the story I had written is a story about a bumblebee who loves to fly until he discovers he can't. He has all these obstacles and hurdles that he has to overcome in order to do what he loves to do. He finally, um, and his parents help him out. You can fly, Buzzy, and it's a story about believing in yourself and your dreams and not listening to what other people say and doing what it is you're here to do so, every time I got a rejection letter, though I would spend, you know, I don't know how much time. It's hard to remember mm-hmm. back, you know, how yeah. long it would take me to get up the guts to send another one out. But I couldn't give up on a story that was about not giving up, right? <laughs> and so there's a part in the story where yeah. Buzzy is after all these obstacles and hurdles and getting, you know, across the river and, um, you know, being rejected by the dragonflies who won't help him out and and just getting down from the flower and. He finally gets across the river, and he looks up, and he sees all this tall, thick grass. And he, and he thinks he can't fly, so he's thinking, how am I going to get through this grass? Mm-hmm. And he hears a voice say, don't stop. You're almost there. And he looks up, and he doesn't know where the voice came from, but he, he musters up all the energy, and he runs through the tall, thick grass, and he finally gets home, and ultimately he can fly. And when I – again, I know this is really corny, but it's true – I would think about giving up, and then I would think about the story I had written. (laughs) Right. And I would hear voices, um, some imaginary and some very real, my Mm -hmm. mom, for one. Um, And I would – it would be, I can't give up on this story. Right. So – and this is where I I like to tell people that you have to stay open to all the signs that are out there. So I had this woman, this friend, who – really loved the story. And she told me to call Mike Monroe. I didn't know who he was. She said, he's a wildlife artist. He works Mm -hmm. in this building, uh, not far from where I live. So I, I take a leap of faith and I call him and I'm a nervous wreck. You know, here's, and I, he answers the phone. I babble away. I tell him (laughs) my story. I tell him what it's based on all that. And he said, why don't you come to my studio on Wednesday? This was on a Monday. And I show up again. I'm a nervous wreck I walk into a studio. It's filled with all these lifelike paintings. I can still picture it like it was yesterday of of deer and, and uh, birds. And, and I walk around the corner, and there on his workbench, which which was just all this paint and all these paints, and he, just typical what you would picture an artist's studio looking like. And there on his bench was the painting of what would become the cover of Buzzy the Bumblebee, wow. because he did it based on on what I told what him you told on him? the phone. No kidding. Wow. And I, wow, gasped. I had had other artists draw pictures of of Buzzy. Yeah, and nothing like wow. what he had drawn. Wow. And it, it it's a hard, um, it's hard to imagine. It's I, I'm sure it's similar. Rocky and taking a song. And then hearing it all at the end and people coming in and doing what they do with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's fuzzy. And he was working with Sleeping Bear Press, who has published 19 of my books. Right. And I love them. But he was working with them on their second children's picture book. Okay. Okay. So they were very new in children's picture books. And he said, would you mind if I told them about your idea? and i was like no i, I wouldn't mind at all yeah. <laughs> go ahead go yeah. ahead and he called me a few days later and he said they want to meet you wow and so i packed up everything mike mike tells the story better than i do he said she took everything but the kitchen sink yeah. with her which you know <laughs> oh yeah um and i bought a big piece of foam core board and i wrote the top 10 reasons why you should publish buzzy the bumblebee it was all you know the david letterman yeah. Right. Funny, tongue in cheek, this book will fly off the shelves and <laughs> corny as all get out. It worked. Um, and I went down there with them and I did my little spiel and they took me to lunch and I couldn't eat, which is such a rare thing in itself. <laughs> and I finally couldn't stand it. And I said, is this a book you'll publish? And I'll never forget Heather Hughes saying, yeah, I think it is. Wow. And so my first wow. book was in the works. Yeah. Um, Mike Monroe is the illustrator. He is also the illustrator of a couple of my other books, but right. he also illustrated Millie and the Moon, which is right. what you know, what I'm really here to talk about. Right. But but not really, because I do think it's important, and you and I love this segment because, you know, everybody has a dream or a goal or an idea. Big, little, and everything in between. It's it is taking that leap of faith and it is connecting the dots and listening to the the signs and the signals that tell you this is what you should do. Let
2: me ask you something, because you, when you're sitting on this side of the table, you ask a lot of our, our guests, uh, how do you know when you should keep pursuing something or when the rejection letters are signs that maybe this isn't something you should be doing? You should be going in a different direction.
0: And uh, I, I And I do love that question, and I'm glad you asked it, because... There's a couple things. One, I think when we have an idea um, or a dream or a goal, I mean, something that just won't go away, that's when we know it's worth pursuing. So, you know, I'll just use the example of a story. I have tons and tons of ideas, and not all of them are worth pursuing. If they keep coming back to me, if they keep... um finding their their way back into my head or my heart or, um, you know, little signs here and there. And I just can't, I can't uh, forget about it. I feel like it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's other um, ways to know as well. But I think that's the, the the biggest one is when it won't go away, when it keeps coming back, okay. you know. Um I mean, I'm all about spontaneity, and I think taking an idea and running with it is a good thing as well. But typically, in the process, I mean, I've had a lot of stories that have just fizzled out, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's a- another thing with creativity. I mean, we were talking right. about songs. Right? How many unfinished songs Elise. Uh, did McCoy Elise was have? Telling us you about know? That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 there's some that are so insistent. It's almost like they just keep knocking on your door and one of the best examples is um, I have a book called Someday is Not a Day of the Week mm-hmm. and Rachel came home from school when she was in kindergarten and she was singing the days of the week and, and I was immediately captivated by and questioning why do we have seven days a week and, and it just kept coming back and, back and back and back and I did research on our calendar and why we, you know, why we named them, you know how did they get their names and why they're called, what they're called and what order they're in, all that but I, I knew I had something, but I didn't know what it was. And then I started wondering about an eighth day of the week. And, then, and it took me a long time, almost two years, to go from that initial hearing her sing the song and being intrigued by the days of the week to coming around to, well, we have an eighth day of the week. It's called Someday. And, and there were, I, I was taking that story in one direction, and it felt good and right. But something kept gnawing at me, and it wasn't until my dad said something about someday that I made a big U-turn and thought, that's the story. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. So in addition, I want people to think about if you feel passionate about something, you also have to be open up to. And the best way I can picture it is you can be going down a road, and if you just picture this fairly straight road and you think, do, 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 I'm going down the right path. This is what I need to be doing. There are many fingers or side roads off that. Right. And sometimes you need to be willing to take those as well because down that side path may be what will connect you, you know, right. and what will bring it all together. It's what we what we say it's connecting the dots. Right. Does right. that make sense?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um it's interesting you said something a little bit earlier today. You said um you know, finding something that you like, that you're interested in and you know, a lot of people talk about find, pursuing your passion, but it's not really pursuing your passion. It it's you can't be passionate about something you, you don't know anything about. It has to be finding your interest. Good point. And what you're interested in, what you're you know, what makes you tick, what what you know, what makes you happy, what makes you feel good. It's the interests that you have to really figure out. And then when you find what you're really interested in, then you, you know, Spend time on it and become passionate,
0: and develop right something around that. You know, exactly. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we make is that we don't use our entrepreneurial spirit right. as much, right? And and what you just said is that's what entrepreneurial is, right? It's 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 having those interests and 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 skills right. in some cases and developing them. I didn't think I was going to be an author when I was younger, right? Um, and so many parts of being an author the promoting part of it and the school visits and right. the conferences and the research it, and the research yeah it is all something and even asking questions is a big part of because that's how most of my books start by asking a question what right. if we had an eighth day of the week you know right. um why is the moon staying full <laughs> i mean that's how that whole millie and the moon started was It seemed like for a solid week, one week many summers ago, the moon kept staying full. Mm -hmm. And I finally said to Bob, "I think the moon is stuck on full."
2: (laughs) But that led (laughs) to better than half empty,
0: right? (laughs) Right. But that led to you know a completely different story. But it is funny those questions and yeah. Um, So
2: after Buzzy, because I remember when Buzzy got published, and you had the big. release party off, yeah. oh my god there were so many people it was, was huge so fun yeah it was exciting you had the media following you you were getting interviewed you were just all of a sudden the celebrity it was really it was really cool um how what was the second book penny the forgotten coin and how soon- Or my mama likes to say Okay, well so how soon after I the first one? Isn't that terrible? You forget your second kid. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's that's the other thing I was gonna get to, but um how soon after
0: did you uh publish your second book? You know, the from my first to my second book was the biggest time span. Was it? It was. Okay. Um partly because I mean for for some for a lot of reasons. Um I now I typically have about a book a year. Okay. Uh, there's been a couple years where I've had two mm-hmm. or one and a half type of thing, you know, where they overlap. Each book needs time. Um, it's, it is it is kind of like having a kid in that you mm-hmm. need to nurture them and promote them and and almost get to know them yeah. once they're done. Because often you'll have an idea and you'll write it. And by the time the publishing company, you know, takes it over and gets an illustrator and, you know, lays it out and sends it to the printer and then promotes it often by the time you get the book it's like oh okay i almost forgot about this one you Mm know Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot that goes into it but i think i
3: i do have a question about your idea process like how do you because and i've heard too that you've said um that you've worked on several different books at a time like how do you juggle where do you like where's your biggest inspiration and how do you juggle
0: And it is a different process. I'm sure every author has a different process. Um, I get ideas from so many places, things people say, things I see, things I read, um, a lot from nature. You know, why do geese fly the way they do? Became Grady the Goose. And I do work on – now, right now, I'm only working on one because I finished a couple. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there was a time where I had like three and four going at a time. and they're all different because some of them rhyme and some of them don't and um and and they overlap in terms mm-hmm. of what what part I'm on like mm-hmm. like right now I'm still tweaking something that's already gone to the illustrator mm-hmm. you know just little tiny yeah. things so um but that first idea you know that first oh I hear something and I'm just taken by it, it's like i have to write a story about that i was at a school visit and i was talking to kids about imagination this is an example and i was talking about imagination this little kindergartner, she's sitting right in the front row and i she looked up at me those big brown eyes and she said my imagination is broken and uh, immediately i was like and i went home and i wrote that down Uh, you know i have like a stack of ideas um and some of them are you know uh Further down the uh, the the list than others, and and some of them I might work on, and some of them are half finished, mm-hmm. and some of them are finished but don't have legs yet. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'll just set them aside for a while until the timing is right. I'm sure it's it's a it's a lot like songs. Yeah, so listening to I, yeah. musicians, I feel there's so many similarities. I know we have people
2: today who are um, sending out their manuscripts or I'm um, in the process of writing stories. Um, What advice, like, how do you get the idea to a manuscript, to manuscript form, to a publishing company?
0: Like, what are the steps? You have to work on it. What do you work on? And and here's the thing. I have people that ask me questions all the time. When I was trying to get published, I felt like nobody really wanted to help me. So I swore if I ever got published, I was going to try to be, you know, somebody that gave advice and, and did it with a kind heart and all of that. Sometimes I will admit it gets a little annoying because people will say, well, I, I want to write a book. It's like, well, then write it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you you get the a lot of people want to be published, but they don't want to do the work to get published. So what kind of work goes so into it? If you have an idea that won't go away and you really want to write. A book or a story, then you have to sit down at your computer or with a pad of paper and a pencil, and you have to write and you have to keep writing and keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. Is that the fun part for a lot of people? No, it's the work part mm-hmm. um, but you're not going to have a product unless you write now there's a lot of people that have written have a great story, and they don't know what to do with it right. so let's t- let's go with those people right. if you if you have an idea. First and foremost, just start writing. Right. Once you get to the point where you feel like you have a pretty good rough draft, you need to find somebody that can help you make it better. Not your mom, not your dad, not your brother, sister, friend. I mean you need to find yes. Somebody that's objective, Mm -hmm. somebody that can say, This needs a lot of work or this needs an overhaul or you know. That being said, I also want to just interject here for a minute and say this. Just because somebody else doesn't like it, doesn't mean it's not good, you know. Right. We all have examples mm-hmm. sitting here right. of a song we don't like, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's you know. Right. it's it's on the charts, right, mm-hmm. or off the charts, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. or both. I yeah. don't know. Um, but so, and you you'll have to keep me focused on what I'm saying here, Jakey. But back to so you've got something you you you've written it. You find somebody um, that can help you make it better, and Then there's a lot of different avenues you can take. I um, went with a traditional publishing company. And by traditional, I mean they invest the money. Mm -hmm. They um, they buy the the story from the author. They contract it out. They find the illustrator. A lot of people don't understand that you don't have to find the illustrator. If you are going with a publishing company – Publishing companies want you to submit your story based on their submission guidelines. So that's key, right there, on too. their website, right? And with with technology now, right? Some of this is a lot easier than when I was trying to get published, right? So the hardest part, I think, is finding the publishing companies that publish the type of work that you've written. Exactly. So you need to know
2: that as well. You can't just yes. pick random publishing companies and send your manuscript. You need to make sure, yes, that. It's the type of book yes. they normally publish. Right. I
0: mean, if it's mm-hmm. a a, um, a religious-based book, uh, mm-hmm. you need to find a publishing company that does religious books. Right. Um, right. That's a simple example. But there's a book out called The Children's Writers and Illustrators Market. It comes out every mm-hmm. year. It lists publishing companies in the United States and Canada. Right. It's a great reference. And you can also go into Barnes & Noble or any independent bookstores, and there's a lot of great ones still out there. Right. And you can pick up a book, and you can look in the front, and you can say, oh. That's who published it, right? Wow, this is similar to something I'd like, or you know, it's got mm-hmm. the tone of, mm-hmm. and you can do it that way. So, traditional publishing company is one way. There are also um, publishing companies, and I don't own very much about this, so don't quote me on any of mm-hmm. this, but that will help you. You pay them a fee, mm-hmm. they will help you get your story right. into print, um, and then you'll have books. Right. The the hard part about that is for first-time authors, or second time even, you have to do all the marketing, right? And people don't understand you can have the best book in the world, but if you don't know how to sell it, right. If you don't know how to get into bookstores, if you right. don't have a, have a platform, right. you're not gonna, it's not going anywhere, right. And you're going to end up with two, three, five, ten thousand books in your basement or your garage without right. anybody knowing how to get you know how yeah. to buy them. Mm-hmm. Then the third way is self-publishing, and it, actually it's not called self-publishing anymore, I found out. It's called Independently Published. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I did with Millie and the Moon. So
2: you took another leap of faith. I did. Got out of your comfort zone. Yes. And what made you go that route? Well,
0: I've got Sleeping Bear Press's blessing. I have a great relationship with Sleeping Bear Press, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love them. And I you know, I, I still submit many, if not all of my stories. Well, I have a couple that, that aren't their market, but um, to them. But they have a, um, an author that they work with who did a moon book many years ago and out of respect to him, they didn't want to do it. Oh, wow. I know. I, and that's one of the reasons I love them. It mm-hmm. would be like somebody else taking a bumblebee book to them and they're right. saying, well, you know, we've got Denise's, we don't need yours. Right. Even if they really loved it. Right. So I respect that. Some loyalty there. Yes. That's awesome. And it gave me um, the opportunity to um, pair up with Mike Monroe again, mm-hmm. who is an amazing artist and he is also a great businessman, mm-hmm. and he has self-independently published a few books, so he knew the way to do it. Yeah. Something I didn't know. It, it has been a complete learning experience for me. What have you learned? I've learned, first and foremost, to appreciate what Sleeping Bear Press does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've learned that um, – oh, I've learned a lot. Uh, I mean, I've learned a lot about you know laying a book out, the graphic – um design part of it um i'm a little behind in the marketing end of it um we did find out this is great news we just found out last week we had submitted it to moonbeam awards which is are they're independently books but it won a bronze medal for best picture oh book that's awesome congratulations yeah we were and it's
2: not well. even it's been
0: out a week right, right. It just, right. Wow. Right. So we were thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, we were excited and, mm-hmm. but it took a long time and it was, it's been a year in the work with like so, illustrating it and then all that other stuff. So the process with, with Mike
2: Monroe, is it the same as far as were you involved at all in the illustrations or yes. no? Oh,
0: you were. Yes. So it's a little bit
2: different. It is a little time. bit different. Okay. I mean,
0: he would have me come to a studio and he'd show me some layouts and we talk about it. And we had a lot, um, We both just spent a lot of time looking at it and trying to decide. I mean, even the size of the book. None of that I have anything to do with. The price of the book, um, you know, and and of course we had professionals doing the graphic design part of it and the editing part of it. So did you meet with the company that was going to put this together for you? Well, Mike's worked with them before. Okay. And and basically what you do is it's the graphic designer with a lot of help from Mike because he's an artist and he does a lot of that. So he again knew the ins and outs. Um and then you get that all done and scanned and you send that to the printer. So is the printer different than, like yes. how many companies did you deal with to independently publish a book? This book? Two companies okay. and a lot of individuals. Mm, okay. I mean it's it's a process. Mm-hmm. It really is. So why could have done why it on would my own. you I mean would you recommend
2: that somebody go this route or um or it when seems would like you a recommend a more hands
3: on Yeah. Approach to it.
0: Right. I I was going to say you hit you probably have complete creative control there. Right. You do. But Mm -hmm. is that always good? I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is my 20th book. So, yeah. See, so it's 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 hard to say. I mean, for a first time author personally, I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, okay. I I think unless you know the right people. And Mm -hmm. I was fortunate that Mike had been through it already. So he knew a lot. Um, we he's worked with the printer that ended up printing it. Um, I think that again, marketing and promotion and even the layout. I think that there's so much room for error if you don't know what you're doing. Mm. That to to mm-hmm. do now. That being said, I know there's a lot of first-time authors that have independently published some amazing books. So let well, let's, let's bring that up, okay? Because I was. Pretty fascinated when I found
2: out one of the biggest uh, uh, bestsellers from 2011 2012. It was somebody who independently published her first book. Take a guess.
0: Guess what book?
2: 2012? It's turned out now. It, it, there's a whole series. There was move, a movie made. A couple. 50 of, yes, really. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where I was gonna go. Yep. So. But E-L-G- that's E-L-G- a novel. James. Well, whatever. It was still a first time. She independently published that first book, and it blew up.
0: And what I'm saying is that with a novel, and you don't have illustrations. I I have another one. Okay.
2: That's not a novel. Okay. It's a children's book, Tale of Peter Rabbit. What year was that? Oh, gosh. It was like, no, it was. I don't know. It was a long, long, long time ago. But she... um, was turned down so many times right. that she self-published and her first book run was two fifty books and now it has sold over forty five million copies wow. but a publishing company ended up picking it up yeah right? but yeah. because it blew up right. because she did it on her right. own. So I think sometimes right. if you're getting and and when you start looking up uh, you know all the different um, how many times people were rejected right.
0: very JK successful Rowling. yes right um, Stephen King. You know, right. thir- thirty times, and I do think when a publishing company—I mean, I've heard of people that have independently published, and then a publishing company steps in, right—and then can really help with the promoting and all of that, right? Again, the to me a novel where you don't have to deal with the layout mm-hmm. or the illustrations because that's such a—that's right. the, you know the tricky part right yeah. and the hard cover and all mm-hmm. that I and mean, the jacket covers i mean yeah there's a lot of interesting things but no i certainly would never discourage anybody to um i think it just boils down to doing your homework right don't go into it blind right um you know there's a lot of experts out there or a lot of and, and experts not the right word but there's a lot of very knowledgeable people that can help you exactly. through the process right so um, you have
2: to you have to right. work at it basically it's like Really, it's like starting a business. I mean, you yes. have to have a plan, right? And you can't just, you know, uh, write a story, send it, and think it's all your work's done. It's
0: not. And and I always tell people, if you really have a great story, or you believe that it's a great story, just start sending it out there. You're going to get rejected, and just because you get a rejection letter, like I said earlier, doesn't mean it's not good, right? And again, it goes back to what you're saying. There's tons of examples out there, of, right? Things that became huge, well, but and, people said uh, the Beatles. You know, exactly. we don't like their sound. Exactly. Elvis Presley, <laughs> right? Grindin's never going to get anybody's attention. <laughs> well,
2: and the, and the thing that you said before, actually, I think it was this week when we were talking. You said um, it's not a matter of are you going to get a rejection letter. It's a matter of when and right. how many and right. how are you going to handle it right. after you get it. Because
0: right. yeah, that's part of it. And it in it. Again, it's it's what you and I talk a lot about, you know, every week. It's it's connecting the dots and thinking, Okay, well but then that led to that. I mean we right. go back to my story alone right. and meeting you. Yep. It's the best thing fired. that happened to you. You know, <laughs> right? when I got my first contract for Buzzy she the Bumblebee, she just ignored that. <laughs> I missed it. It's okay. <laughs> I missed it. I just said it was the best thing that ever happened to you, but that's all right. Well, I do have <laughs> two kids and a next... wonderful husband, but yeah, yeah right okay. up there. You're in the right. top five. Basically. But okay, so the, top five. the first thing that Bob said when I got the contract was, "You never would have gotten that contract if you hadn't gotten fired," and that's true.
2: And the and the whole. Going back and looking at all the signs right. and not ignoring them. You right. were struggling the, the whole time about staying home right. and then on your da- because of your daughter, because of Rebecca right. and when she turned three on her birthdays when you I know were let go. I, I mean it's just that whole I know thing is just
0: crazy. It is crazy. Okay, so let's go on to Millie and the Moon. How did this come tell me tell us the story. Well, so sure enough, I, I don't remember what year it was. It had to have been three or four years ago. The moon many nights in a row. I kept seeing it. I'm like, it still looks like it's full. It still looks like it's full. And I finally said to Bob one night, I said, come here. I'll never forget. We're standing at the front door looking out. I'm like, I swear the moon is stuck on full. And immediately it's like, yeah. okay, the moon is stuck on full. That was the title for the longest time. But the truth is in the story, the moon doesn't stay stuck on full. It started off about a little, little girl, then it became a little boy or vice versa, but it was a human. Um, it's now a mouse. She's afraid of the dark. She asked the moon to stay full for her. Um, he comes back night after night after night. He ends up telling her at some point that he too, um, because she says, you know, aren't you afraid of the dark? And and he does admit that at one point, but it was just a phase, um, which later in the book is echoed by Millie when she finally realizes that the moon can't stay full for her because it's affecting other things and other people. And he tells her, you know, the moon says, you're very brave. And she says, I know, I'm brave just like you. Aww. And that it was just a phase. One of the things I love about this story is that it's, it's, very, it's very simple. Um, most of my books have a message um, – Buzzy had a very, you know, kind of hit you over the head message. Mm -hmm. I've learned as a writer that you don't have to hit people over the head with your messages. Sometimes you do. Sometimes. (laughs) But this one is more about just letting go of our fears. And at the beginning of the book, the background is very, very dark. And as you turn each page, you can see that the background slowly gets lighter and lighter. And towards the end of the book, it's just a really soft, soft gray. It's beautiful. Blue. And it's it's symbolic beautiful. of letting go of our fear, oh, you know. Love or it or fears. If, love it. If now if you are, are going to have a sort of a meet and greet. I am. Tell us about that. Well, it's at Uptown Coffee House in Howell, Michigan. Okay. Um, it's from t- ten to twelve a.m. and it's uh, I know I don't I think you remember Uptown was uh the voted the best coffee, coffee house in Michigan yes. a while back yes. And uh, we're just kind of doing a meet and greet. And, and it's at 10 in the morning. 10 in the morning. Okay. It's 10 to 12. 10 to 12. Come 12. by for a cup of coffee. Okay. And, and that's in Howell? Yep. It's right on downtown. So can look it up. Okay. It's um, right on Grand River and, and you will Michigan be Avenue. selling and signing books, Selling right? and signing. And they can also go to Amazon.com. Okay. And uh, get an autographed Millie in oh, the okay, Moon. Oh, Great. Um, all my other books um, yeah. can be, you that's can that's purchase you. from Sleeping Bear Press. You can go to... Where um, Where else? Amazon has them. Uh, okay. Book, you know, go to your local bookstore. Okay. Um, support your local bookstore. it's Denise Brennan Nelson. Yep. And it's B-R-E-N-N-A-N. Uh, hyphen. And not, no hyphen on oh, my website okay. or, my, or my email. And um, yeah, check okay. it out. And, and now can they order them through your website? You know, you, I don't sell my other books on my website. You okay. certainly could go to my website and contact me and, oh, and okay. for Millie, okay. Um, or if you have any other questions, um, or if somebody wants a signed copy, right? They, they can absolutely. And
2: then also on your website, can they um, if they're looking for a, a particular um, like topic or, or message? Does your website um, give a description of each? It has book all or? my books.
0: Okay, it it has uh, the cover art. And it has a description of each book. Okay. So. All right. um, Yeah. So website, Denise Brennan Nelson, Amazon.com. Carriage House also will be carrying Millie and the Moon and some of my other books. Where's that at? They're right down the street from Uptown Coffee House. Oh,
2: okay. Um, So. Okay. And I know, I happen to know if you're going to be in Petoskey, that they'll probably have it because they have all your other books there. I love that bookstore, Um, McLean and Aiken. Okay. So what, I mean, when you look back now, are do you ever sit back and 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 step out of it for a minute and just say, "I can't believe this whole thing. I can't believe the where I ended up." You know, I twenty think, books later,
0: when I when I look back, I think in a way I had it easy because what I was trying to my because my first book, even though it took four years and a lot of rejection letters, because it was about not giving up. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, so is that the key? We should all
0: write books. About, them <laughs> them? <laughs> the key is, I think the people that, that make it, and I use that word, make it loosely are really the ones that don't give up. You know, when I talk to kids about what does it take to be a writer? Because I get asked that question a lot. And I think it takes this to be anything. It takes patience, it takes practice and it takes perseverance. And, you know, that's what you need. Um, you know, Is every dream, idea, song, story that we have going to make it? No, absolutely not. And I think it's... It's just, it's working at the ones that won't go away, that keep calling to you, that resonate with you. I mean, you have to believe in it first and foremost. People want me to read their stories, and I say, it doesn't matter what I think. Right. It matters That's what you bad. think. Right. And if you're going to send it to a publishing company or a recording studio, it matters what they think. Right. But even if they don't like it, it doesn't mean it's not good. Right, exactly. And so. Exactly.
2: You know, and it, it's not really even about making it it's right. about it's the difference between achievement and fulfillment Yes. and it's Great like you point, can you Jackie. can have you can achieve a lot of things but
0: if you don't have fulfillment then you have not succeeded and it's really it's yeah that is so that's that's just so perfect because you're right it's not like uh you know I'm swimming in wealth it's it's not about that it's about feeling like I have something to say that might help somebody else, right, you know. That right. if they read Buzzy or someday or well, it's you're making a difference. You, you hope that's yeah. what you hope, right, you know. Right. Um, I certainly don't have all the answers, and there are hundreds of thousands of amazing books out there, um, children's books mm-hmm. you know not to mention all the other great books out there. Um, and it's just finding that little your little place in the world and and listening to your heart. you know for years I said find out what you love to do and get somebody to pay you for doing it. Um, and, and I think what you said earlier about it, it it doesn't necessarily have to be about loving it, but finding your interest and right. and, and finding a way to utilize those in whatever way you can in your right. life. You know, right, exactly. everybody's not gonna. I have a great support team. I have, mm-hmm. and I, you've heard me say this. I have a husband who did go to work every mm-hmm. day to make sure the bills got paid, so I could do what I love. Right, um, right. And for that, I'm I'm grateful. But right. Yeah, it's it's plugging away. It's plugging away. Wow. It's
2: plugging away. It's a great story, and I can say because I've seen all your books, almost all of them, and they are beautiful. I mean, they're yeah, beautiful, beautiful books.
4: Well, thank so you, Jackie. I just even. That.
2: Even if you don't want to read them, you can still buy them and put them on the coffee table or in the house because they're absolutely beautiful. So congratulations on Millie and the Moon. And thank you so much for finally telling your story. When do I get to interview you? Oh, God. (laughs) Mine's not as exciting as yours. Oh, but it is. Oh, but it is. We'll see. Um, But anyway, okay, so October 22nd, Saturday, Uptown Coffee House in Howell, Michigan. And from 10 to 12, you can, uh, will you have any of your other books there? Oh, uh, that's is it, a good question.
0: Maybe, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe but, some
2: of the more recent maybe ones. Maybe I will. I think you should have Buzzy there, too. I'll Because it's always there. like the, you know, I mean, that's
0: still right. my favorite. Right. I still love Buzzy. I yep. do, too.
2: But, my, of course, my name was in it, too. My
0: first. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Jackie's dedicated in this book. You know
3: what? And, and you know what I remember. My bumblebee friend. I was going to say, well... When I was in second grade, and you guys came in. I was thinking about that. You were buzzy? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Denise, actually, I actually dressed up as buzzy. Boy, do you owe me for that. (laughs) Oh, do (laughs) I owe you? I want to be Felix. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you might be able to be. How's that? (laughs) Anyway, congratulations.
0: Anything else you want to leave people with? Um, No. Just, you know, hopefully I've said something that somebody's listening is saying, yes, okay, I'm not going to give up. Or, or, Again, going back to what I said about switching gears, sometimes you you might be onto something, but don't but open up, keep your keep your antenna up, and, right? You know, and might... you, and don't be afraid to take risks. Like no. if somebody says. Here, call this person, make the call. If I hadn't called, Mike, I mean, I could right. say a lot of if I hadn't, if I hadn't, right. if I hadn't. Right. But if I hadn't called Mike, right. um, because really that just, the door flew open. And I guess the last thing I want to say is you and I know so many people. I mean, Chris is a, Chris Long is a great example. Yes. What you think in the moment is the worst thing that could happen to you, or at least maybe not the worst thing, but a, a, a negative thing, that could be the very thing that needs to Happen to set you free to do what you're supposed to, to be do. doing. I totally so, oh, don't look at amen. setbacks, is perfect, um, or yep. obstacles as bad things. They're not. No, it's a great story. Well, it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. You got that? <laughs> oh, I should
2: have used that song today. But we are actually, uh, we're what, not out of are time, we? are we? I hate to tell you this, Denise, but oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and Rocky, right. thank you for being here. So oh, Rocky, thank you're you. You're co-hosting with me next week. Yeah. Please don't be hungover. I won't be. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to Hastings schools in uh, elementary schools okay. all week. Um, to Is do- it for Millie? Or, it's for all my books. Oh, okay. It's to okay, you know, great. encourage kids yeah. to read and write. You know, awesome. it's not just for
2: authors. It's for everybody. Right. <laughs> and next week, we have uh, Richard James, the founder I'm of Financial Services of America. And this is going to be a whole different type of story. Um, but he started this company with from scratch with nothing. And it's a huge Michigan-based company. And um, it's going to be a great story. So yeah, another fun. story of not giving up. Oh, Persistent so and everything. But thank else. you, Rocky, for filling yeah. in. Oh, and thank you for, you for inviting me. For being here. Um...
0: And you still look great for partying all night. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not fair. It's just not fair.
2: <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, Denise, uh, let's see. I'm not going to see you for a couple weeks, but um, I'm actually going to be at your uh, book signing on the I'll be 22nd. With you. So. We're gonna be yep. there. Oh, good. I'll take
0: you down to Carriage It's a great shop. Oh, cool! Yeah. All right. I'll send and you shopping.
2: Are we gonna do fortune cookies? Let's do fortune cookies okay, if we have a minute. Do, yeah. or yeah. Thirty okay. seconds. Okay. All right. Fine. So you know how this works already, right, Denise? <laughs> <laughs> um. um that one. one. This one's just. Oh, this. Is that? Yeah. Um, okay. This one's this. mine. Which
0: right. one's mine? I can't wait to read it. All right. Thank you. That one, cheers. Ah.
2: Okay, go ahead, Denise. You're, the, right. you're the. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> Did there you, see you go, that? Denise.
0: <laughs> don't Definitely throw them. Yeah. Ooh, Let's just see what it's says. Oh, oh! Your infinite. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think I got the wrong one. <laughs> Your infinite, infinite capacity for patience will be rewarded <gasps> sooner or later. Oh! Sounds like it's already being rewarded. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go I'm ahead. I'm not the most yes. patient person.
2: Makes <laughs> <laughs> two of us. Uh, it says you will inherit a large sum of money. <gasps> mm. Wow. So I guess someone's dying. <laughs> she says it all excited, so I guess the be dying. Us. It's not us, yeah, it's Jessica. not us. And, well, we don't, no, they said large sums of money. So oh, be, yeah. even we, we know died, it's not us. Yes, sure. definitely. Uh, mine says uh, as soon as Denise is rich and famous from all her books, she will share her wealth. <laughs>
3: Look at
0: that. <laughs> we'll go on a great trip at the there you go. Least. Don't um, hold your breath, though. Uh. <laughs>
3: you will soon receive an offer you cannot refuse.
0: <gasps> oh, Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Put the date that on one. Yeah, put the date on that one. Uh. All right. Okay, so... Where we, are you going to be next? Do you got anything lined up, Rocky? Um, I have a gig on the 28th of this month. I'm, uh, oh. Where for were, were you not e? listening? No, I missed our that our banter? Part. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Right. Well, well, no, I was probably going over my notes. Hard, rock, hard sitting rock. on this side of the table is more yeah. nerve-wracking than sitting on that side of the table. Really? In a, in a way. Oh. It well, kind of did is. very good. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah.
3: So um, we'll be playing the Hard Rock Cafe in Detroit. Okay. Yep. Sorry, so sorry about that. So we're opening for a Georgia Need in the Law Abiding That's citizens. right. Yeah. I did yeah. hear.
0: I heard. Well, the Law Abiding threw me for such a loop. I missed the date. She thought you were in jail. But
2: anyway. So our closing song for you, Denise, is I Decided we're going to have one of Rocky's songs, Before I Die. Because oh, I you're, love you, it. you and your bucket list. And, oh, I love and, it. And writing your stories, we're going to close it with Before I Die. But before before we close.
3: Oh, wait, do we have to ring the bell again or no?
2: No, we don't no. ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Go
3: ahead. Sometimes your only available
2: transportation is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us and happy hump day. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with me, Jackie. Oh, it was a great story. Thank you. Love it. Thanks. Don't get a signed copy. Yeah, heck yes. For fifty bucks. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We have "Before I Die" with Rocky.
3: a previously recorded episode.